What's up? Welcome in to an emergency episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Breaking news this morning. The Bears have their new president and CEO. Not completely official, uh, but I was able to confirm from sources happening. Everyone's been reporting it, and it is happening. Kevin Warren, as we've kind of known for a couple weeks now, the Big Ten commissioner will be the Bears' next president and CEO. We got a lot to talk about. Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, and Greg Braggs Jr. jumping in today uh, to help us out. We'll hear from Adam Rittenberg, who covers the Big Ten for ESPN. He's going to jump on here shortly and has been covering Kevin Warren now for a while since he became the Big Ten commissioner. That should be really good stuff. Guys, what's going on? Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. What's your reaction here? Well, uh Maybe five minutes before you texted us in our chat, I almost threw up at the gym, and then that was not related to the Kevin Warren news. It was doing oh, something wow. unrelated, and then this, and then like, all right, let's get going and get back over here. But I think it just represents the Bears trying to get into what the NFL is doing now and modern modernizing into like what all 31 other teams are trying to accomplish right now. So I think this was, like you said, something that was – kind of in the works for a while now and you know with both of you know you had Michigan playing in, in the playoffs and also Ohio State I think once that all that was done and over with now you get not too long after the Kevin Warren news being announced as the president and CEO of the Bears so it's a I think a move that represents the Bears trying to get into just being a modern NFL franchise yeah I mean this is an exciting we've been talking about it so much how exciting this offseason for the Chicago Bears is going to be. And this to drop here just a couple days after the season finishes just kind of sets the tone for the changing of the tides here uh, with our Chicago Bears. A new president. I think a lot of us have asked for this for a long time. And now we've got it. And it's exciting to see what he will do with this franchise, the direction he's going to put, the fingerprints he's going to put on it. Yes, we understand he's good at, you know, helping build the Viking stadium. But I think for Bears fans, we want a lot more than that, too. We want a stadium, but we want a winning franchise, a winning culture. And Eberflus and, and Ryan Poles talk about setting the foundation, and that's what they've done. And now, you know, we've got stadium announcements on, you know, the horizon and a huge offseason of spending a lot of money on free agents and draft capital along with that. This is the start of it, and you know, you, when you talk about the biggest offseason in Chicago Bears history, you're looking at it, Bears fans. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like this franchise is getting an entire reboot right now from the from the top down. Not the very top; it's the same owners, but right underneath that, uh, and we know the impact and power that Ted Phillips has had over the last 24 years. I mean, guys, this is a quarter century that that he's been in charge, um, and you know, the record is what it is. We know that the business has been good though. And yet, even from that standpoint, it could be even better, especially from a stadium standpoint. So I think that's where Kevin Warren, we'll talk about it, comes in uh, and can do a lot of good things. Our guy, the Duke 811 chiming in right away, 1999 super chat. Great hire. Not only do we get an astute businessman who knows how to build a great stadium, but he can also play the three tech. <laughs> Cause let's face it. The dude is jacked. It's a good point. I mean, I think, I think polls can throw him in there right away. Week one double threat guy. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, the Bears actually just tweeted it, too, to make it official. Um, so they have the statement on ChicagoBears.com. And in it, um, from this from George McCaskey, Kevin is a man of integrity, respect, and excellence, all of which are critical core values of the Chicago Bears. And we welcome his perspective and diverse thought to lead this storied organization. That's kind of the first quote that's in that story. You can go check it out, ChicagoBears.com. But yeah, like you guys, I think it is a changing kind of, again. Nick, a, Nick a real simple, quick, let's actually, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, let's stick with this statement here and some of the information here so people have it right away. Um, so first and foremost, the and I suspected this, the, there will be a press conference at House Hall, but it won't be until Tuesday um, at noon, which makes sense. Tomorrow's a Friday. You got Cubs convention going on. Um, and, and I think that, doing this next week with some time in there makes a lot of sense. So we'll hear uh, from Kevin Warren next Tuesday. Monday's Martin Luther King Day, too, if you're wondering why it's not Monday. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's let's see what – I'm always interested. You know, the Bears sometimes put out statements that are like two sentences. This is a longer one, obviously, and I'm always interested what they um, include in here because, you know, they there's things they want to brag about, right, and why they hired, hired this guy. So um, – Ryan Poles, you didn't read the Ryan Poles quote, right? No, that was a George McCaskey right. one yeah. that was just reading. Yeah, Ryan Poles also quoted in this statement, Kevin is going to be a tremendous resource, and I am excited to get started with him. Poles said, in my time spent with him during the interview process, it quickly became apparent his resume and business acumen will be a powerful asset to helping improve our organization and ultimately reach our goal to be a championship organization. Um, Kevin Warren served as the chief operating officer of the Minnesota Vikings from 2015 to 2019 as COO. He oversaw all aspects of the business operations of the franchise. He joined the Vikings back in uh, 2005, served in various leadership capacities for the team. He played a critical role in all business, financial, legal, and operational aspects related to U.S. Bank Stadium, the best stadium in the league. I added that Mm -hmm. part, uh, was involved in the design, construction, business, legal and operational components of the stadium, which hosted Super Bowl 42, uh, excuse me, 52. He also played a key role in the design development and planning of the Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center, the Vikings headquarters in Egan, Minnesota, in addition to the real estate development of Viking Lakes. And under Warren's leadership, the Vikings restructured the organization with an emphasis on promoting women to key executive Positions. There's a couple of things in there I want to touch on because this is not just about the stadium. Um, we haven't really had time with all the news this week to dive into that amazing, also ridiculous uh, rendering of a newly renovated soldier field that the city put out Sunday right before Bears game, which was weird timing because um, it sort of got just like glossed over and nobody paid attention until it's to like Tuesday. But um the one thing, and we, I'll still spend time on that some point in the next few days, not today, but the one thing that that doesn't address is the reality that the Bears want to own their own stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's not only that. The real estate development around it, too. The other business opportunities that come with that. So the Viking situation is a little different because they built this gorgeous new stadium downtown. But if you've ever been to Vikings, Viking Lakes out by their practice facility, it's essentially what the Bears want to do at Arlington Heights. Just instead of the stadium, it's the practice facility. So there is a real estate development around it. There's 
uh, they got the Vikings headquarters in there. Um, and it's pretty impressive. So the point being, even though that ended up in two different locations between the stadium and what they put out, but Kevin Warren was involved in all this. So he gets it. He's going to understand what's best for the organization business-wise, um, and hopefully it all turns into, and this is the one sticking point I've had, this is all great, this Arlington Heights project, but I just have a distinct lack of tr- lack of trust living in the city my entire life that they're going to get the stadium right because that's just not what mm-hmm. we do, whether it's the Bears or other teams. It's just not what happens. So this gives me a lot more confidence that that will happen. No doubt yeah. about it, Adam. And, you know, before we actually went live, we were talking about, like, what Ryan Poles, he had that little Lego brick, right? And you need to start laying the foundation. I know, Greg, you could speak to this better than anybody, but this is a this Say is it, a, Nick, one of those, brick by brick, baby. By, it is brick <laughs> by brick. And this is one of the key pieces to it in trying to build, uh, you know, just kind of re, revamp this franchise. And that's going to be a big part of it, having a modernized stadium with all the – Again, everything that kind of surrounds it. And you look at Minnesota, it's a great example of how you kind of want to approach that. And he's already done this. And it's been very successful. He's been in other NFL organizations. He's been with uh, Detroit. He's also been with the, the Rams at a time. So he, he has a feel of what that this is like and what you can do with this opportunity. And, you know, that diversity thing, too, that can't be overlooked as well. Because since Ryan Poles has gotten here, you know, you see Ian Cunningham, who's actually – uh, you know, going to go interview for the Cardinals job, but you also see just more diversity within the the Bears Ryan organization, Poles. which is exactly so. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key for another key factor, and um, you know, obviously Kevin Warren also being a part of this now. Uh, one quick note in here from Pete Dammel, I want to pass on, and then Adam Rittenberg standing by will bring him in here. But uh, Pete Dammel just reporting now that Bears personnel have been told internally that Kevin Warren will start there on April seventeenth as president and CEO. I was wondering about that. There's usually some type of transition period and some time. It's not the type of job where you just walk in as a head coach and start changing things right away. Um, let's bring in Adam Rittenberg, who does an awesome job covering the Big Ten, covering college football for ESPN. Adam, always good to talk to you. What's going on? Uh, good to be with you guys. Crazy day, uh, but certainly not a surprising one in the Big Ten. Yeah. So give us – why don't we start there? Give us the Big Ten perspective of all this, kind of why – I'm not sure people understand how important these commissioner jobs are, how much money they make and how much power they have, especially the big 10 job. I think that's the one surprising part of all this is that someone, I think it makes sense for Kevin Warren. I think we understand that, but it's just surprising to see somebody just walk away from one of these commissioner jobs. Yeah, it is. And I think there's a couple of factors, Adam, you know, one of them is that I don't know if Kevin Warren was ever a great fit, in the Big Ten in some ways, um, in terms of his leadership style, in terms of, you know, the relationships that, that, that just weren't ever where they needed to be with athletic directors and some of the other people who had been around college athletics uh, for, for a lot longer than Kevin. Um, and then you have 2020, which was literally the worst way to start a job like this. And obviously the decisions that happened that year, um, you know, it's, in some cases could, could never be repaired, some of those relationships. But you know, Kevin Warren did, I, I thought, a lot of really good things uh, during his time at the Big Ten. And so much of the commissioner jobs, you mentioned the power, uh, it revolves around the media rights contracts. So, you know, that is the thing, even if you're in the job for three years or if you're in the job for 30 years, like Jim Delaney was before Kevin, you know, that's the thing that consumes you. Jim Delaney told me that was the thing he thought about every single day as Big Ten commissioner 
about you know what's going to happen with the media rights contract. So Kevin obviously did one of those last year, a, a historic one in terms of the scope, in terms of the revenue. And after that, um, it, you know, it was almost like, okay, well, what, what's, how much longer is he going to be at the Big Ten? Because the ties to the NFL, the fact that his leadership style and, and the relationship building never really clicked, it, it, at least at the administrator level. I think it was better at the presidential level. Was he going to be there another two years? Was he going to be there another five years? Was he going to do another media rights deal? Probably not. So he was never going to be a longtime Big Ten commissioner. That, that's just my belief. Um, and, and also in talking to people around the conference. But this is obviously soon. This is the shortest tenure by far of anyone who sat in that seat in the Big Ten. So, Adam, one, it's great to see you. Thank you for, you know, quickly responding to my text and jumping on this podcast. Really appreciate it. Adam was my former professor at DePaul and uh, really appreciate it. Um, Adam, what is what does this mean for the Bears now? Now that Kevin Warren's going to be in this president CEO role for for Chicago, obviously after you know ending his tenure with the with the Big Ten. Yeah, I think for the Bears, it, it, you know, it, it it definitely projects as a, a tremendous hire because um, you know he has experience in the NFL with multiple franchises. He has experience in Minnesota with you know get, getting a stadium project seeing it from start to finish, bringing in corporate sponsors, working with the city, with the state. And you know, as the Bears enter such an important new phase, because they, they need their own stadium, they need the, the, this to become a more a valuable and, 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 and successful franchise, in my opinion, as someone who watches the Bears mostly from afar. I, I think this, is, this could be tremendous. Now, I do wonder, and you know, in talking to people around Kevin and even a little bit to Kevin himself a couple of weeks ago, you know, how is he going to fit in with a franchise that's still at least outwardly, and you guys may agree or disagree. I think Adam probably agrees with me. It is it, a mom and pop franchise. Is a franchise that hasn't evolved mm-hmm. enough in the last you know three or four decades. He is going to bring in different uh, ideas. He is going to bring in a style that likely won't sit well with certain people there. He's going to bring in a lot of his own people. So it's a new day for the Chicago Bears. And they have to be uh, accepting of that because he is getting tremendous control in that franchise. And the way that it was done for decades and decades is going to start changing. So I think from a credential standpoint, this is absolutely a grand slam hire. But will there be some bumps along the way? Absolutely. Um, I think there are with any new leader from the outside, but especially one who has the style of leadership that Kevin has. Well, I think George McCaskey kind of showed his hand at changing of the guards of wanting to, you know, he's never been accepting of ripping it down and rebuilding. He's always tried to patchwork. And I think last year hiring Ryan Poles was a little bit of a tell that he's kind of changing his philosophies a bit. And now with this hire, certainly uh, as well, my question is more of a football standpoint. I think we all know at this point what he brings with his business acumen his potential of helping with a stadium that all bears fans are going to love when it gets built. But I think what a lot, a lot of bears fans are going to say is okay, but how does, how is he going to be able to help us on the football field? Can you speak to his decision-making on that end of it to give bears fans some confidence or is he strictly just a money guy? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, Kevin, you didn't play football. He was a basketball guy. I think he's more connected to basketball in some ways, even though he spent much of his career working in the NFL you know, so he knows NFL players. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's been around franchises. He's been around football operations people, but not, not in any sort of um, role where, where he's, he has direct control over them. So that, that's going to be really interesting in terms of the relationship 
with Ryan Poles, with Matt Eberflus. Um, and if things don't go better with with the, the, the next people in those chairs, I mean, that, that that's going to be um, something to watch here. But I, I don't sense that Kevin is going to be overly hands on on the football side, especially given where the stadium project could be going in the next few years. I mean, that's why you bring in Kevin Warren, because you look at what happened in Minneapolis and say, man, that would be great to have in Chicago or in the Chicago suburbs. We need that complex. This is the guy that can get it done. And that is such a large undertaking, as you guys know, that I, I just don't know how much time uh, Kevin will have to you know, devote to the, the football operations side. Obviously, he's going to be involved in decisions regarding contracts and, and directions and, and, and some of the key hires. But I, I would imagine, knowing Kevin, that he is going to let Ryan Poles and his staff do, do their jobs. I tend to agree with you too. I think, I think the football side is Ryan Poles' deal, and I don't know that there's going to be much meddling in there. Now, there's certainly crossover, right? When it comes to still Con contract agreements, contracts, and 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 things like that, and I and I do think that that's where, but that's where I think Kevin Warren's ex experience in the NFL will really pay off because Adam, you could speak more to really what he had to establish when he went into the big 10 in terms of relationships, but all those existing relationships he had when he was with the Vikings are still there. So I, I, whatever friction developed, I, I tend to think there won't be as much with him going back into the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and he has relationships at the highest levels uh, with, with many of the people that you need to have those relationships with, certainly in the NFL office, um, he, he knows all of the general counsels around the league, which are important. He knows uh, all of the um, you know, media executives. I mean, think about what he did. I don't think he's gotten enough credit, honestly, for what happened from a media rights standpoint. Yes, the Big Ten is extremely valuable. Yes, the league makes a ton of money. But to, to, to put a deal together with you know, two new television partners in NBC and, and CBS and dealing with the very highest levels of, of those companies on the sporting side, you know, he has those relationships built in. So that's an advantage for, for the Bears as well. Um, you, you know, you need to deal in those in those circles. You need to deal in, in the NFL office circles. So um, and, and he's obviously been here in Chicago, living in Chicago since uh, sometime in, I believe, 2019 is when he moved to town. So, um, you know, I, I don't sense that there's going to be a lot of um, introductions that will be difficult for Kevin in the NFL space, maybe like there were in the college sports space when, you know, he, he gets the job. He, he's he's kind of learning from Jim Delaney for about six months. And I remember talking with him, guys, early in 2020 about this tour that he had mapped out to try to see every single Big Ten team play. Um, and it was going to happen over, I think, 180 days or 120 days or something like that. And then COVID hits and it, it all goes away. So So he never had a chance to establish the relationships on the front end that I think he ultimately needed to be successful at the Big Ten. Maybe those still wouldn't have, 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 have uh, gotten to a place that he needed them to, but he walks in the door to Hallis Hall with a lot of those relationships already in place from many, many years in the NFL. So again, on the Bears side, I, I, I really see this being successful. Adam, you just mentioned like some of the interactions that you've, you've had with Kevin Warren and maybe didn't have the opportunity to do some more communicating, but what can you tell us about him just as a communicator? in terms of when he's talking to what, whoever it may be, but what is Kevin Warren like in that aspect? Yeah, I think, I think Kevin uh, admittedly you know, being at a podium at times, he's not at his best. 
Um, and he did improve in, in, in that, in that role that there are, there are times where he comes off like a lawyer um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the, you know, has, has statements that are word salads, uh, which I think could sometimes frustrate people you know, at, at, at the big 10. But I think when you get him in a setting where he can have confidence and be more direct, you, you can tell why he's been an effective leader and, and, and obviously ha- had a very successful career. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I would have low expectations for Tuesday's introduction, but I think the more that he gets comfortable over time, uh, you know, you, I, and the more that you guys get to know, I mean, one thing that I will say about Kevin is that, that he, he went out of his way uh, to build relationships with, with, with individuals. And, uh, you know, candidly, I have a, a much closer relationship with him than I had really at any point with Jim Delaney while he was commissioner. I've gotten to know Jim in some ways better since he left the Big Ten than he was than when he was actually there. Whereas I got to know Kevin extremely well during his short tenure as Big Ten commissioner. So I think he, he has the ability to build relationships. But as far as a figurehead, you know, talking at press conferences, you know, there, there was some work to do there because uh, I think in some of his early opportunities, he wasn't as effective as a communicator in that setting. So uh, I, I know he's working on it. Um, and, and again, I think when if you guys have the chance to visit with him individually or in small groups, I think you'll see the the more effective Kevin Warren communication style versus the large group setting. Adam, we'll, we'll let you go here, but I, I, I guess this isn't necessarily a Bears related question, but what, is, what do you think the Big Ten does next? Yeah, it's a really good question, Adam, um, in my world, at least. And I, I just tweeted about this. There's some interesting dynamics in play because one of the other things that, again, not making excuses because Kevin did make some mistakes during his time at the Big Ten, but he had historic presidential turnover during those three years. I think there's only two or three presidents that were with the group that hired him back in 2019 that are still in their roles and, and really none that were leading that search. So it, you know, he, he, it's, it's a completely new group of presidents. Recent commissioner hires, especially at the Power Five level, have come outside of college athletics. So Kevin Warren is one of them, George Klyovkov from the Pac-12, uh, Brett Yormark from the Big 12. You know, these are not um, you know, longtime administrators. And so you know, if that pattern holds, then I would expect somebody like that. Uh, just going back to my earlier statement, because of the importance of the media rights, and, and that, that is the thing that drives these athletic conferences right now. But I, I think if the athletic directors are consulted, and maybe even some of the presidents, they may be more comfortable with an insider, somebody like ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, who we all thought would be the next commissioner, obviously from Chicago, still has a home here, was a longtime athletic director at Northwestern. Maybe they look to a veteran AD like Gene Smith or, or Jack Swarbrick, Ohio State, Notre Dame. But again, just looking at the recent pattern of these hires and how the job has changed, I, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if we're Googling the name when, 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 it, when it leaks, just like we were certainly George Klyovkov and Brett Yormark. Kevin Warren had been a little bit more familiar to folks, but it could be a name like that. Interesting. Greg, do you have another question? Yeah, just real quick. Um, you talk about the ups and downs of the relationships within the Big Ten. Um, the interesting wrinkle with the Bears is Justin Fields was at the head of petitioning to go back to play. Can you speak mm-hmm. to that relationship? You know, if, was, were they able to kind of patch that up or anything? Or it, is that, you know, just interested to hear about that? Yeah, it's a great question. Absolutely, they have patched it up. Um, sources close to Kevin, who I spoke to, 
in the last couple of weeks even brought that up that you know they, they have a really good relationship now and mm-hmm. and it really Kevin never uh, looked at Justin as 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 somebody who uh, other than other than just a, a player who wanted to play football who who wanted to get back on the field and was doing everything he could to rally support for that so I, I don't think there's any uh, bad blood there at all um, I don't I think Kevin is a generally for a forgiving person, uh, especially, um, you know, and, and, you know I, I, I can't see that being any sort of friction walking in the door, but it is a, a relevant one because certainly Justin had a, a, a platform and he used it to, uh, you know, in the minds of many, help that season actually start after it was initially canceled. Great. That's awesome stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had some insight on that because I know some people were, were wondering. I, I, I had a feeling that was the case. I mean, he's a – they're was he tw- 20 years 20 years old at the time like just yeah. a kid that wanted to play football if that was any kind of a problem i think that would reflect uh poorly on kevin uh more than anything else so it's good to hear that and i wasn't too worried about it to begin with but it is good to hear that all right um adam appreciate all your work on this story and you taking the time to jump us jump on with us today and uh i hope everybody continues to follow you on twitter at espn rittenberg for all your coverage all right guys thanks for reaching out i enjoyed it and uh, have a good show all right. Thank See you Adam. so much. There's Adam Rittenberg, who uh, is is awesome and apparently to blame for everything f- with Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> know. Um, you, you know, uh, there were times a lot of things with Nick's homework. You know, we should have actually, you know, like, writing. I mean, he would have always said pizza. great things. Actually, he let me go cover the NFL scouting combine when I was in his class. He's like, yeah, go, go do that. I'm like, perfect. That's a I did it for an assignment, so well, it that's worked out really well. Adam gets it, and I would say the same exactly. thing. Any look, not get off too big of a tangent, but all the journalism classes are great. The experience is more important, in my opinion. So that's good that no, he no. let you do that because that's uh, that makes a lot more sense. All right, um, quick quick break. We'll get into some of the stuff that uh, Adam had to talk about there. But first, uh, ComEd, our friends at ComEd, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. And an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, last approximately two hours. And then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's B-I-Z. Powering Biz, and if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can also call ComEd at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. Email business. E-E! I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> at ComEd.com. It's even better when like his picture he comes pops up, up there. Uh, request an assessment online on the ComEd website at ComEd.com slash facility assessment. After you check out uh, ComEd, you got to check out Game Time, which is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app, the biggest 
Last minute price drops can be found on the seats that you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets, Blackhawks, because game time is created by the fans for the fans and guarantees the lowest price. And if you love CHGO, you're going to love the game time app. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right. Um, since I know you're worried about it, I'm going to give you the opportunity first to react to that little nugget on Justin Fields and Kevin Warren. Well, it's relieving for sure. <clears throat> Cause like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I mean, he's got to be the one that's going to give him his next big contract, right? If everything goes right with what we project for Justin Fields future with the bears. So to hear that they did patch it up and it's not just something that we shouldn't be worried about because of your point of, you know, it's a kid that just wanted to play football. Like I'm glad to hear that they, talked and addressed it after the fact. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, that's certainly a good thing. I mean, he's the face of the franchise. Yes. Kevin Warren's now the president and players come and go presidents should be, you know, have a much longer tenure, but at the end of the day, this will be one of his first biggest decisions, you know, in a lot of ways, as far as, you know, and even all the talk about, you know, is he the guy or not? And I, I think we all agree here that of, of course he's the QB one here going forward. So, you know, uh, that that's a great thing to hear that they they did work that out and there's no bad blood between the two. You yeah, know, no doubt. Uh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead, Nick. Uh, no, I was just uh, like with this, I saw a comment in here. Um, let's see if I can scroll up a little bit. I think they asked about with the new hiring of Kevin Warren, what does this mean about moving to the suburbs, Arlington Heights? Does this just guarantee it? Does this just mean like the Bears are are – now that's where they're going to be just maybe 15 minutes down the road from me in Arlington Heights. Now that Kevin Warren is the president, knowing what he did with Minnesota and everything that's kind of been built up there. Obviously we all saw the renovation video with, with soldier field, but if we're going on, well, on a, yeah, let me, let me play devil's advocate for you. I mean, my hunch okay. is yes, that you're probably right. Um, because I still think, in what makes the most sense for the bears, the ability to own their own stadium and to operate and have a real estate development around it. Those are all things that Kevin Warren knows well and understands the pluses and minuses of. And I still think that at the end of the day, from a money business standpoint, that makes the most sense. The other part of it though, is, you know, in terms of whatever value there is to staying in the city, to, for the Chicago Bears st location of their games mm -hmm. to be inside the city, which I do think there's some, and I certainly understand people like Mark Carmen. They're like, they need to be playing down along the lakefront in the city of Chicago. The stadium situation, I know a little bit about this, not a ton, but because of my family ties up there in Minnesota and how many games I used to go to at the Metrodome, specifically baseball games and how, crappy that was of a situation quite frankly um it was a loud football stadium wasn't the worst football stadium it's an outdated football stadium but for baseball it was just like what the hell are they doing playing on this concrete carpet um they had not unlike chicago and other big cities the political battle over trying to figure out the stadium situation was non-stop to the point that I am still to this day shocked 
that they ended up with two separate stadiums and two separate stadiums that are both awesome, by the way. <laughs> In a perfect world, Target Field should have a roof over it because it's Minnesota and it's no fun playing baseball in April, just <laughs> like it's no fun playing baseball in Chicago in April either. But it's still a great stadium. It's way better than, I mean, if it was in Chicago, it'd be the it'd be the best stadium right away. I mean, other than the nostalgia, Wrigley, I get it, Braggs, don't mm-hmm. yell at me. But in terms <laughs> of like an actual facility that's nice and updated and has all the amenities, you know that that's that's what we're talking about here. So if there's a if there's someone who maybe can figure out a way to make this all work in Chicago in the city because those two stadiums did get built on both ends of Minneapolis, the downtown mm-hmm. area. If you, if you really are ambitious, you can walk between the two of them through downtown. Um, maybe Kevin Warren can be that guy to bridge that gap. Let's be honest right now. Relationships between the city and the bears and the back and forth that have been going from the mayor's office to George McCaskey. It's not great. So maybe a new voice here in the middle of it can fix all that. I still think at the end of the day, when you consider the dollars and follow the money, Arlington Heights makes more sense. But I'm not willing to say that maybe this is just the nail in the coffin. It might be, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I certainly think it's a <clears throat> it's a risk for the Bears organization to go to Arlington Heights and um, expect Bears fans to show the same loyalty and devotion and hours and hours of their time out there as they already do as with their traditions in Chicago. I think they will, of course. But, you know, my sense of it is they don't make this higher. When Adam and I and, and Mark were sitting at this presentation they did to start this season for, you know, the new stadium development and, and everything that's going to go into it at Arlington Heights, it felt like, you know, they wouldn't go this detailed into the development plans of the stadium and everything around it if we weren't already almost home with it. And to me, if they're going to hire a president, that's with the sense of this is where we're going forward with, you know, maybe he does have some, you know, brand identity concerns when it comes to leaving Chicago, but there's plenty of other teams in the NFL that don't play within their city limits. So I don't think that's the case, but I'm with you guys. Like you can't leave it out completely, but I think they are on their way to announcing. I mean, I think the next big announcement will be the Arlington Heights deal within the next month or two. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, well, I agree. I think that that closing's happening regardless. And they, mm-hmm. they, they've they already made it clear, and I think the contract makes it clear they're not even allowed to, you know, look at other stadium options until that thing gets done. So, you know, unless there's uh, – and, and, and that's interesting with the timing too. And, and Kevin – Kaduk put a question in here as well. Just seems a little weird that he won't start until April. Um, I guess we'll find out probably more on Tuesday why that is. It doesn't completely, excuse me, doesn't completely shock me because it, there's there's definitely some loose ends. He's probably got to. You can't just leave the Big Ten, <laughs> um, you know, high and dry and expect everything to continue. They are in the middle of a basketball season and and other winter mm-hmm. sports. Um, so it's not like this is the summer when things are dead in, in the college land. Um, and, and then I think that there's some probably a little bit of a transition period. Maybe that has to happen here with the bears. But the reason why I think that date is interesting is because I, I think that closing is going to happen before April. So it's mm-hmm. not like, 
there's a scenario in which Kevin Warren jumps in and is like, hey, wait a minute, this is not a good idea. Um, although I'm sure some of those discussions have already happened. Sure. Yeah. I wonder too, um, you guys, obviously what, maybe two weeks after that, when he officially starts is the draft for the bears. I haven't had enough time to process like the, the timing and what that can signify for what's about to happen two weeks after or two weeks into his tenure with the bears and president CEO. But I, I think that's also can be significant too. And what he can you know provide there as well, in terms of what the bears are going to also do to, again, try to help their future out with these next set of draft uh, picks that they're going to get in April. But yeah, it's, it's uh, I think for the most part, I'm like looking through the chat here too. I think most people are they're, they're in, in line with the move happening. I think there are a few people that still want the stadium in Chicago. They'd be right in line with Mark Carmen there, but I feel like for the most part, people in the chat are happy about the move and happy about what, what this means for the bears moving forward. And, and to the point of, you know, what Kevin's asking about, like, it's weird that he won't be here until April. Well, it's also, it's not just the stadium. It's the contract agreements that are going to happen for free agency. The bears have the most mm-hmm. salary cap of any team in the NFL by a landslide. And they are, they, they have to spend a certain amount just to hit a, a salary cap threshold. So for him to be not here until after April, I just wonder how that's going to work with some of these huge contracts are going to be throwing out on the defensive line and the offensive line and everything else. We as bears fans hope. Uh, I, I want to adjust a que- uh, address a question. Sorry. Do we get the super chat? I'm sorry. Justin Frost, $5 with holes on the football side, more on the business. The bears are finally getting with the rest of the NFL. It's a good point. Rob mm-hmm. Schwartz, um, asked a little earlier now uh and i want to address this because rob asked my question is do you think he finally adds a vp of football operations saw how it worked when he was coo of the vikings could Uh bring it here too um i don't think that one is is uh here's the thing so rob brzezinski is the executive vice president of football operations for the vikings right now i'd have to look into this a little bit more but i'm relatively sure that he does not outrank the general manager, though. Um, he's their contract negotiation. He, I know he handles their contracts. Um, and so I I don't necessarily if you're if you're asking, is there somebody above Ryan Poles who like overseeing all football operations? I don't think that's the case. I think the polls is going to be at the top directly reporting to George McCaskey unless McCaskey decides to revert back to, uh, but I had to think that they knew that this was all coming here with Ted Phillips mm-hmm. and he wouldn't have made that change with the reporting structure. Um, if he was just going to go back to it a year later after hiring polls under those pretenses, you know what I mean? So I, I that mm-hmm. would surprise me. And so I think when we're talking about VP of football operations, I think we're, we're just, talking about how t- uh, title and how titles differ and what the job responsibilities are, but I don't think there'll be a- anybody ahead of polls. No, I don't, I don't think that'd be the case either, but we have seen the bears kind of go into adding new roles, right? Ian Cunningham as assistant GM, that wasn't there before he got there right. last year. So maybe that is something that the bears look into doing because again, trying to get with the rest of the NFL with what other teams are doing. So adding a, a new role, even if it is just a title, uh, that obviously will have responsibilities and, and goals to have, but we have seen the bears kind of go into that direction a little bit, even last year. 
And and real quick to what I was mentioning about how much they have to spend this offseason. I wanted to get these numbers right because Brad Spielberger, who's a big, you know, really good with contract stuff on Twitter, he tweeted this the other day or yesterday, and I found it interesting. They have a cash floor they have to hit with their salary cap. And right now, he he tweeted the Bears currently have $75 million on the books for 2023, and they have to get around 240 million on the books to hit that cash floor. So, like for people that are worried, like, oh, are the Bears gonna spend this? They have no choice. They have to spend this money. They can't just keep it in their pockets. So there's a lot of money that's gonna be flying around this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. No question. John, uh, five dollar super chat. Does it seem like the long game is to boost the franchise evaluation for the team to sell? If so, moving means new ownership. If so, moving means new ownership that people have wanted. Good question, John. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't rule I wouldn't rule it out, but um yeah, I, I mean there's some that's a deep, deep, deep question. Mm-hmm. That, that but there's some there's some smoke. There's definitely some smoke. And regardless of whether you're selling or not selling down the line, um it just it makes sense to boost your business at all times <laughs> yeah. and increase mm-hmm. the valuation regardless so that's what you're always doing yep yeah now there's some exceptions like what the cubs did with their payroll and they jacked all that up before selling um but that's a different thing because that's that's uh it's also baseball without a salary cap so it's it's a it's a little thing I, w- I want to address something um nick will be at the 50 for every game once they go marky mark says 199 super chat Maybe before the game starts when I can get in, but 50 yard line, I've never sat at 50. Um, Bears on hard knocks is something yes. I want to address today. Not that it's happening, don't get me wrong. But this was put out there yesterday. I saw the Bears are one of four teams eligible to be on hard knocks next season because there is criteria. You don't make playoffs for two years. Your head coach cannot be in the first season. And you haven't been on hard knocks in the last decade. Now, that just creates a pool of teams that can be forced to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. So the Bears, Saints, Jets, and Commanders can be forced to do it under those criteria. There's always the chance that the league and HBO ask a different team that they're interested in doing it and that team could say, yes, most teams don't like doing it, don't want to do it. There's also the last two years they've done an in-season hard knocks, Mm -hmm. which I haven't watched a whole lot, just too busy during the season. I saw some of the clips with J.J. Watt and the Cardinals um, Mm -hmm. from hard knocks. I know that aired last night. Um, So that's also a possibility. The reason why I wonder about this is because, to me, this is the type of thing that a new CEO could have an impact on. No idea what Kevin Warren thinks about hard knocks or what the benefits might be for the franchise overall, but it's a new voice, a new powerful voice, and he may see these things differently. We know the bears have been against being on hard knocks and because they're one of the original franchises and the McCaskies have the, you know, the value and respect they do within the league they've avoided being forced to do it despite the fact that 
you know, I think in many years they make a lot of sense. Certainly from an HBO standpoint, a league standpoint, the Bears would be a team I'd be knocking on their door. All yeah. this change, Justin Fields, and maybe a new CEO comes in and says, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here we want to market. We want to show the league our facilities that we've upgraded. We, we want to show off our quarterback and sell more number one jerseys across. The, the number across one the pick in the draft potentially could be here. Right. And top free agents could be here. So I might now look, my guess is the bears still push against it, but this is the type of thing on a list of many things that I think you, you fairly sit here and wonder on January 12th with a new president and CEO, you go, well, maybe this changes. Well, they've kind of dipped their toes into it already, mm -hmm. right? With the 1920 productions, the bears do they show some behind the scenes things. So I, I think they've shown a little bit of a willingness to, to peel back the curtain with some of these videos that I know a lot of us as bears fans appreciate. Cause we just want that kind of inside access look. So, you know, I definitely think it's a possibility and there's no question when you look at that list, the bears are the most intriguing one of the four. I'm down for it, you guys. Like if <laughs> you have hard knocks on there and, you know, we're watching and breaking down an episode after, you know, after it airs, like, I think there's a, there's a lot of exclusive content that, you know, fans can get and that, you know, even we can learn some things on because you only have so much time, you know, at, at house hall per day. And now, you know, you just kind of get a behind the scenes look and like, there are a lot of interesting elements, uh, what you just mentioned, Craig, with everything that can go on in hard knocks. And I remember it was the, the Colts were on last year, I believe. And it's like, that's where I learned about Maddie Refluse and his, uh, ball Hawk t-shirt that he would give to the defenders right. and throw it out there. Like, that was something that you saw in hard knock. So who knows, like the little, little tidbits you can get from, from that being aired on a, a Chicago bears team that will have a lot of interesting elements in 2023. All right. We're going to close the show off with some NFL talk. There's a little bit of NFL breaking news. I want to share too. And then we're going to talk about these games this weekend and uh, share our playoff predictions, which we want to do. And we had already planned today before the Kevin Warren news broke. Uh, if you're wondering, this is our show for today. We bumped it up to adjust for the news and go live with the emergency version. Um, but this is your show for today. So there will not be another one at noon. Of course, we have shows all across our CHO network throughout the day. So check those out as well. Um, but of course, if uh, anyone you know is not watching live today because it's not noon, they can still turn this on at noon. They can turn it on at their convenience mm -hmm. on YouTube. It's always available and always available as a podcast as well. Hit that like button too. Uh, do it for Kevin Warren. There you go. You know, just, just slam the likes, help us push this out even further. We appreciate everybody who does that. Um, but with the wild card playoff games happening this week, weekend, we want to make sure, you know, the playoff picture is locked in and our go-to place for the wild card round is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly, plus all new and existing customers. This is important this weekend. You can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You can get a no-sweat bet. So that means if you place any NFL bet of your choice and it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10 with action so good. Why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code CHGO. 
New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. After you check out DraftKings, you got to check out FOCO. That should be next on the list. And Chicago, you've already got the best sports coverage for your favorite team. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around from FOCO. And they got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles, FOCO. For the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies that'll fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. It's just in from the NFL a few minutes ago. If we get that Buffalo-Kansas City AFC Championship game matchup, which we know at this point will be at a neutral site if that is the matchup. So what is the location? It is Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. That's where that game will be played. The NFL making that official a few minutes ago. Um, Super chat here from the Landlord Harassment Channel. $2. Sean Payton may come to the Bears. He's from there. Uh, No. (laughs) There you go. Yes. I'm at home, so I can do that. Um, All right. We thought it'd be a good idea with the playoffs starting this weekend to predict what's going to happen all the way through the end. So all three of us have brackets here to share with you and what we think is going to go down. Um, Lawrence, should we start? I'll start. Should we go AFC or NFC first? You tell me. How about we do, do you want to go through all of your AFC picks? Sure. Um, and then through each of you guys, and then, or I mean, it's it's up to you. If you want to do AFC, then NFC, then your Super Bowl all together, and then Nick goes, and then Braggs goes, or each of you does AFC, et cetera. Uh, let's just do a. We'll, we'll start. Let's uh. Let's actually start with the NFC since that's the start conference the, the Bears are in. Oh, we'll, sure. Let's start with the NFC. That makes sense. Yeah, we'll we'll start with the NFC and then move all over right. to let's the AFC. Photoshop. Okay. Well. You can start at the beginning of where you sent me them, and we'll put them up in order. Okay, so this weekend, we have three NFC wildcard games, obviously. The first one being on Saturday, the first game of the weekend, the Seahawks at the 49ers. Not going to overthink this too much. The 49ers are rolling. Their defense is too good. I think it's going to be hard for Seattle to win, so I am taking the 49ers to win that game this weekend. On Sunday, it's the Vikings and the Giants. Certainly possible upset here the vikings play every game close and you know it's probably going to come down to the wire but the vikings have found a way to win these games and i think that continues this weekend especially with the home field advantage u.s bank stadium um the house that kevin warren built should be rocking and then monday night i'm going with the upset guys Dak prescott's been struggling And Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So at home, I'm taking Tom Brady to win this game and advance on to the next round. So as we move to the divisional round, then that would give us an Eagles Bucks matchup. And I got to say, I was tempted here to have the Bucks even go beyond that round just because it is Tom Brady. But the Eagles, 
They've been too good this year. They're too physical. They're going to win the line of scrimmage. They've been doing things right all season. I think at home, they win that game. And then you get a 49ers-Vikings game. I'm going to take the 49ers, continue to roll. We've seen the Vikings. When they've had to play the really good teams, they don't win those ones. And I think that the 49ers win that game. But here's where it gets tricky. I think the Eagles are very likely to make the Super Bowl, but if there's one team that I think matches up perfectly, even on the road in Philadelphia to beat them, I think it is San Francisco. And I think that they can match the physicality up front defensively, cause problems for that Eagles offense. In the NFC Championship game, I am taking the 49ers to win and advance to the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I'll go... I'll go second here. I'll go uh, with my picks. Um, not too crazy different here, Adam. Um, let's see. We'll get it up on this uh, little screen here. Oh, yeah. The wild card round. I also have the 49ers over the Seahawks. Like you didn't overthink that. Uh, the pass rush for the 49ers, I think, will be the difference maker in that game. And we talked about this one yesterday. We talked about this one yesterday, Adam. The Giants and the Vikings. I got the Giants in this one. I, I think the... The Vikings are a fraudulent team. They've been playing close games, like you mentioned, but there's going to be an upset. And so I'm going to go with the Giants uh, to overtake the Vikings here. And then like you, I also have the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Dallas Cowboys. Like Dak Prescott, there's a lot of interceptions being thrown by that guy. Leading the league or tied with the league with Davis Mills, not a category you want to be in uh, for, for Dak Prescott. So I have the Buccaneers over the Cowboys there. And then going into the divisional round, I have the Eagles taking down the Bucks there. Um, I, I love Tom Brady, love watching him play, but this just hasn't been his season. And I know he can probably get hot in the playoffs, but I'm going to go with the team that's been arguably the hottest all year in the Philadelphia Eagles. And then I will take the 49ers in this matchup against the Giants. I Again, there's... The Giants winning that upset, but they have limited talent. The 49ers have, again, that pass rush that can get after everybody or anybody. And then in the championship, I'm going with the Eagles. I, I think it's their year to, you know, really go deep into the playoffs. You get that number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown for a reason. You have a bunch of guys that can rush the passer. So I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles over the San Francisco 49ers. All right. I got to call you out for something. But I don't think it changes your picks. Unless I'm crazy here, based on your wild card games, wouldn't the Eagles play the Giants? Is that right? Yeah, because the <laughs> Bucks are the four seed. So they would go because the Bucks won their division. I'm pretty sure the Bucks would That's, go to San Francisco yeah. and Giants go to Philly. I'm assuming that doesn't change your predictions, but I just wanted to make sure that, that it was doesn't, cool. but I, I'm glad you're calling me out on that. So yeah. I still have it the same way. Yeah. If you're looking at it, I still think the teams that the make or the Eagles make it to the championship, regardless of who they're playing. And yeah. So we'll go with that. Okay. See, now I'm scared that I missed this. <laughs> up, like. I was wondering, I was definitely wondering if you guys were going to uh, get this here right. We go, I was like, I'm just putting it in the way you guys said it. The I'm chances not that I messed this up seven. now are high. Let's make up our own playoffs. Yeah, this is my playoffs. Okay? <laughs> I got the Bears winning in the first round. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to continue to toot this horn, but it is fitting that the CHGO Bears champ 
here goes last because I I mm. mopped the floor mm. with you guys in predictions. Whatever. This is not whatever. <laughs> I thirteen no, and four led the whole team. Yes, Meatball Greg gets the crown. So yes, I am making these predictions, and they'll all be correct, just like the regular season. I have right. the 49ers over the Seahawks. I just think they're the better team. Seahawks are lucky to get in. I was actually hoping the Lions could get in. So I'm rooting for the mm-hmm. 49ers in that one. And I just like the way they play the game. So Vikings over the Giants. Uh, I think that's a good first round draw for the Vikings. Um, you know, they, they, you know, a lot of teams don't trust, a lot of people, fans don't trust the Vikings, but I think they're consistent enough. And it's just kind of like for most fans, it's, it's too boring. They don't have two besides Justin Jefferson, like all these sexy players all over the place. So they, like people think, I think people underestimate the Vikings is my point. Cowboys over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay sneaks into the playoffs because of a bad division. Yes, the Cowboys have had their ups and downs, but I I do not trust Tampa Bay this year at all. If Green Bay had been in, it would have been the same thing. I think both those teams were very fortunate to be in the playoff race at all. Bucks being in because their division was so terrible. I'm taking the Cowboys. And then I've got... In the divisional round, I've got the Cowboys over the Eagles because I think, you know, if you watch the last matchup, it was 41-34, Cowboys beat the Eagles. Yes, Gardner Minshew played that game, but it's 41-34. It's not like they didn't score points in that game, you know, so the Cowboys showed they can score on the Eagles defense as well. Go ahead, Adam. That was just one. I wanted to point that out. That was one of the more ridiculous covers of the entire year because the Cowboys were winning that entire game, and I the Eagles were still favored, if I remember right. And uh, and the fact that the Eagles came back and won and still covered it was ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, not, no, and and no, I still that think it, not that it affected me in any way. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. Uh, you know, but uh, and I also think it, the Jalen Hurts shoulder is something to monitor. You know, they they sure. were high flying all season, but then they came to Chicago with that vaunted Bears defense, uh, laid it to him. Uh, Gibson landed on his shoulder. I think certainly mm-hmm. is a dynamic that you have to continue to monitor in these playoffs. So I have the Cowboys over the Eagles, Vikings at home over the 49ers. Uh, it's tough to play in Minnesota. And again, they may be a boring team. Kirk Cousins, Mr. Consistency, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns every year, and we all say he sucks. Go ahead, See, Adam. Yeah, you, 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 you said you would screw it up, and you screwed it up. That game will be in San Francisco. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> At least I got the matchup right. You did. You That's did. But yeah, the true. 49ers true. are the home God, team in that game. Damn. All right. The two seed at the Niners, whatever 40 Vikings over the 49ers. Yes. It's tough to play in Minnesota, but they won't be there. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Real expert analysis going on here. And then uh, Cowboys and uh, Vikings in the NFC championship. I'm taking the Cowboys. I think the wow. I think it's the Cowboys year. I think everything's, I think the stars are aligning last year. They ended the playoffs on a real tough note. It was a hell of a game. Uh, they had some bad clock management at the end, but they've kind of been building towards this moment. And I think it's the Cowboys moment. I almost took Carmi V heads the Vikings in the Super Bowl. She's been saying it since before the season started. I almost took the Vikings because I do feel like it lines up well for both of these teams. When you consider Tom Brady having a down year, Aaron Rodgers having a down year, Jalen Hurts might be hurt. 
you know, um, you know, the San Francisco's quarterback injury issues. I think it lines up for both the Vikings and the Cowboys, but I'm going to give the Cowboys the edge in that game. I just couldn't go with our NFC rivals to make it to the Super Bowl because that'll hurt my little Bears heart. So I'm taking the Cowboys. So I guess it's not hard to play in Minnesota because the Cowboys well, are you Cowboys, Cowboys are going to win there. Will you respect the king of the predictions? <laughs> Man, I, I, I. I do respect the King of Bricks. I'm just bitter about it, frankly. All right, I'm let's not get to saying who's playing where the next the next. <laughs> They're all neutral side games. All right, uh, the AFC. Well, this is where things could get confusing on where things are being played. Uh, all right, in the AFC, I'll go first. Uh, wild card round. Uh, fun fun games this weekend, in my opinion. We start Saturday night. Chargers playing the Jaguars and. Um, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fun game. Two good quarterbacks, two young, good quarterbacks with great hair. Um, maybe some head and shoulders commercials mixed in here. But I'm going to take the Chargers to win. Just didn't like how I'm a big fan, obviously, of Trevor Lawrence. I didn't like I didn't think he handled the pressure last week very well. And I think they were fortunate to win this game. And I think, you know, Herbert. Herbert played in that game. It wasn't a playoff game, but it basically was that game against the Raiders in week 18 last year. That was so good um, where they went for all those fourth downs and it was certainly not his fault. They lost. So I'm, I'm going to take the chargers to win this game. Uh, Bills over the dolphins, the early game on Sunday dolphins, their quarterback situation. They're just going the wrong direction. Bills roll in that one. Bengals over the Ravens. Same thing. Ravens quarterback problems. I really it's going to be a theme here as we continue through this, guys. The Bengals, I feel like, have secretly been the best team in the AFC for the last two months in a loaded. And you say, oh, what about the Chiefs? Oh, they beat the Chiefs. They kind of seem to be the kryptonite for the Chiefs, too, which matters. Um, so I got them winning in this one. We'll go to the divisional round. I think that um, the Chiefs should be happy that this matches up this way where they will get the Chargers. Um and I think that they win that game. It's a rematch of that early season Thursday night. I remember it was somewhat close. Yep. And um, I that could be a sneaky game. I, I was tempted to take the Chargers in this one, to be honest with you. But uh, I am going to roll with the Chiefs. I think they're probably bitter over what happened last year. And um, they've been so good all season. I don't think that changes. So they win this one. And then. I got the Bengals going into Buffalo and winning. Um, they, I think, we'll never know, obviously, right? But I felt like they were going to win that game on Monday night that ended up not getting completed. And now this game's going to be in Buffalo, which is different, but I still feel like Cincinnati is peaking at the right time. And if you watch the Bills closely, like, it wasn't just a Bears game. You saw them against the, we've seen the Dolphins struggle. That game was close when they played the Dolphins on that Saturday night game in the snow. I just think there's something. They're not as dominant I thought as I thought they'd be at this point. And I think the Bengals are peaking at the right time, which gives us the AFC championship matchup of Bengals-Chiefs, meaning this is in Arrowhead, um, and it's not a neutral site game. I still like how the Bengals play this team. I don't think it was a fluke last year. They played again this year. The Bengals won. I think that was in Cincinnati, though. Um, I like the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. I like the swagger. I got the Bengals moving on to the Super Bowl. Okay, John, and probably John, uh, John DeBecky says in the chat that 
Um, Adam, you have the Jags game wrong, and you are not to bust me and Nick's chops anymore. The Chargers are the home team. So uh, how do you like them apples? Um, that is wrong. <laughs> the Jaguars are the John, home team. John. Yeah, Jags are home team. Yeah. John, Someone... <laughs> why are you doing this to me, John? <laughs> the Jaguars okay. won their division. The yes. game is in Jacksonville on Saturday night. <laughs> well, uh, probably preference is going to be something off in, on Damn mine, but it doesn't God. change my picks. So we'll go to, we'll go to me next. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, that Jaguars Chargers game, you know, you guys, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a football game on a Saturday. You go back to high school, go back to college. And I believe he played, they played one in the NFL already. And this game's on a Saturday. So that trend is continuing with Trevor Lawrence wow. taking down, uh, the Chargers there. I, I love what, you know, the Chargers offense and everything like that. But you know what? We're taking Trevor Lawrence and that Saturday, uh, you know, streak that he has going on. And then I have the Bills over the Dolphins. You have no Tua playing in this game. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously that's already a, a matchup that I like the Buffalo Bills in. And just writing like all the emotions that they've been through this season, I, I really like what the Buffalo Bills are, are doing. And then, Again, going to the last game here, the Bengals over the Ravens first wild card round. Going with the Bengals here. Let's not overthink this. Um, Lamar has been hurt, and the Bengals are hot. So we're going to go with the Bengals over the Ravens in this one. And then going into the divisional round where I think things get a little screwed up here, probably. I have the Chiefs over the Jaguars. If that, I think would be, I don't know if even that's that's right at this point now. But I'm taking the Chiefs regardless of who they'd be playing. And then going to the next divisional game, we got the Bills. Yeah, that's over. right. Okay, it's right. Yeah, the Chiefs are the oh, one yeah. seed. Uh, if you got Bills, yeah, Bills would be playing the Bengals. Let's go. So we didn't screw up the AFC. Didn't screw up the AFC. And then going to that Bills, I have the Bills over the Bengals, and that would lead to the AFC championship. And I'm taking the Bills. That matchup last time, Josh Allen didn't get an opportunity, right, to with, with the coin toss and the overtime rules. This time he does, and I think the the Buffalo Bills will go take over, take down the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and see themselves in the Super Bowl. There you yes. Go. All right. So I'm gonna hit my AFC. No more breaking news from you're getting, John. John you're getting Becky and killed my... in the chat right now. Another <laughs> another fake news tweet. <laughs> Just took it as gospel, ran with it. <laughs> I was really hoping he was right. That's why. <laughs> oh, God, I'm an idiot. All right, so I'm going Chargers over Jaguars. Uh, I agree with Adam's assessment. Jaguars, you know, they didn't really look all that good. They needed a defensive picks, uh, you know, defensive touchdown uh, to win the game. It wasn't because of Trevor Lawrence. And I think when people talk about, you know, where Justin Fields is a passer, I think people would say, hey, Trevor Lawrence is way ahead. Well, Trevor missed some layups, some easy throws that could have won the game on his arm, and they needed the defense to come through. So it just goes to show you that sometimes, you know, you need, you know, a team effort. But I still think the Chargers are the better team, so I'm taking Chargers over Jaguars in this one. Uh, Bills over the Dolphins, you know, a good re a rematch of a really good game, but the Dolphins' quarterback situation is much different now. Uh, the Bills, I believe, are on a mission. That's going to be my trend on this uh, prediction method. Uh, Bengals over the Ravens, same thing. Ravens, you know, quarterback situation, unfortunately, isn't where it needs to be. So the Bengals are going to win that one easily. 
Moving on to the divisional round, I have Chiefs over Chargers. You know, you know, anytime a young quarterback tries to take down Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen last year in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes will not be denied. This is this is Patrick Mahomes season, is is in the playoffs. This is he's starting to be like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's gonna be here every year, and you're gonna have to slay that dragon. And I have the Bills over the Bengals. Except for Joe Burrow. Yeah, except Sorry. for Joe Burrow. <laughs> hey, you know, you're not going to win every year. Bills over the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow goes down, Adam, in this one. Uh, Josh Allen, in my opinion, oh, that's a rematch of the AFC Championship last year. Yeah, the Bills have had an up-and-down season, but uh, to me, they're they're waiting for this moment to get back to the playoffs to kind of finish what they started. And then when you go to the AFC Championship, You've, I've got Bills over Chiefs, a rematch of maybe the greatest playoff game I have ever seen with mm-hmm. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes trading punches in the final two minutes of the game. You watch that game last year and you realize, man, <laughs> a lot of teams are light years away from being that kind of offensive powerhouse. Uh, so I have the Bills and the Cowboys facing off in the Super Bowl, a rematch of you know some uh super bowl 28 so i'm excited 27 and 28 27 and 28 cowboys that part of the uh four straight s- losses that the bills had in the super bowl good lord i couldn't imagine that kind of. oh trust me i i it, i i am the buffalo bills in fantasy football i feel it <laughs> I, I jim kelly and me are the same pe- person <laughs> We just we get to the championship and then we lose every single year and it feels great. Um, all right, Super Bowl predictions then, as it comes down to it. So I had the 49ers and the Bengals, which is a rematch of Super Bowl twenty three in nineteen eighty nine. I have the Bengals winning this game. I okay. think in in this matchup, um, I think. The fact that the Bengals get all the way back to the Super Bowl, they know it went wrong in that game last year. They're going to be, you know, they're going to have that experience that Brock Purdy certainly won't have. And I I love the Brock Purdy story. I think we're going to hear a lot more about it here in the next few weeks um, as the 49ers win more games. But at the end of the day, if you're going to give me Joe Burrow and all the experience he has, including being in the Super Bowl last year, I think this is where, you know, kind of the same thing the 49ers were in the Super Bowl a few years ago. You know, they were so close to winning it, but Jimmy Garoppolo just wasn't quite the guy to get it done. And he had that one overthrow and the Chiefs went on the win. I I think it's a similar thing here. I think it's a good matchup, but I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals all the way to the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's not eligible to come back, is he? Like at any point? Or could he come back? I thought there was like a report that saying if they got far enough in the playoffs, it probably doesn't change how you view it though. But no, I, I think I think there's still a chance they were talking about that, but um let's are, are you gonna bench Brock Purdy at this point with everything he's done? Nope. No, like that's the not. other side of it. I'm not sure it matters. And I wasn't really buying that to begin with. So I guess it's something to follow. But, yeah, it doesn't change it. I still got the Bengals. All right. And my Super Bowl matchup is the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I kind of, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the Buffalo Bills, there's a lot around this team, everything that they've been through and all the support they have. They had a tough game against the New England Patriots just last week. 
And now you have kick returns coming out of nowhere that haven't happened in three years and 30 days, whatever the, the exact timing was. So I just think once, once they kind of go into their playoff run, it's just kind of set up for the Buffalo bills to do some magical things because that's, I think what their season's kind of been, been just surrounded with at this point in time. So I'm taking the Buffalo bills over the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. And, you know, you know, those four straight losses are going to feel a lot better with, with this one right here. Yeah, and to Adam's point, the Bills and Cowboys faced off in Super Bowl 27 and 28, and I have the Bills exercising the demons, and the Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl on a, on a, you know, this is a big year for them, you know, after the way they finished last year, everything that's transpired this year, um, you know, I just think they're, they're going to be on a mission. When these playoffs start <clears throat> and the lights come on, I think they're going to be the best team. And they're going to show why. Bills. Got it. All right. That was fun. I like it. Uh, hey, guys, guess what? what? We have a special guest checking in from tennis camp. Oh, no. <laughs> ba- band? I've been telling him, band. He's at band camp. Shall we, shall we let him on? This is scary. <laughs> there he is. Gentlemen, I, I did not want to crash the party, and I have admittedly been off the grid, get back to the room after a very tough three-hour morning. I know everybody wants to hear about my camp, but on a day when Kevin Warren steps in to become the Bears leader of at least five to, I don't know, ten Super Bowls during his tenure, I felt like I had to at least say hello to all you fine people. So good afternoon. I know I'm way late in the show, but thank you for letting me on. Hi. Did you I did you make well obviously you made it. I was worried about it yesterday with the did you have a delay? Did you get down there okay? We had we had a three hour delay. We missed the uh, the first afternoon session, had to get punted. Hogan was which was a you know big disappointment. Uh highlight of the first day of the trip, by the way. We went and saw my guy Griffin House. I've worn his stuff. He's down here play, he was playing a concert last night. So we drove about an hour to see him. We're we're starving. Uh me and me and my buddy the Gins, who's down here. So we, we went to a gas station, and it was the best gas station sandwiches I've ever had in my life. The tuna was fresh. The egg salad was incredible. We, I mean, we went as deep into a gas station food as you could possibly go and, and came out victorious. Gas station tuna. Just I'm not- telling you. What a wild vacation. You party hard, Mark. I'm- <laughs> not only not it had a not only was it a tuna, it was a part two. First stop pre-show was turkey and a chicken salad. We went back for the post-show tuna salad egg salad because it was getting late, and you know we got to we had to get ready for tennis camp today. So just a you know quick to do. Nick literally looks like he's physically sick from hearing this as he eats his protein bars all day long. <laughs> what, uh, what part of Florida are you in? Outside of Tampa. Okay, so here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're 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 gonna stop talking about gas station tuna. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna go to the Hyatt Regency, okay, uh-huh. in Tampa. Okay, and there's a restaurant called Oyster Catchers. It was Oyster Je- Catchers. It was Jeff Dickerson's favorite. Okay, okay, you're gonna go get yourself a real ass meal with good seafood. Okay, and and you're gonna do that before you come home. Okay. I, I, hey, we're going to have a good dinner tonight. The, that, that is last night was just a on the fly situation. 
what did you say it is? I'm going to put it in my phone right now. Oyster catchers. Oyster catchers uh, at the Hyatt Regency. Okay. Forty-one minute drive. All in. I will report back. That um, the the um, that hotel once hosted the glorious Northwestern Wildcats too. Before they unfortunately got crushed by Tennessee in the Outback Bowl, but it was still a good week. Um, That's you're going to go check that out. At, by the way, one point I wanted to, since you're here, Carm, I, I missed this because the release came out like right after we started and we were trying to skim through this. But right damn there in the second sentence, guys, Kevin Warren will oversee the general manager and oh. the business operations <laughs> of the club. So I feel dumb that we missed that. But um, that is an indication right there that sounds like Ryan Poles will report to Warren. And that's how it should be for the record. We George should go back to doing what George does, which is being a great cheerleader for the Chicago Bears. And just he doesn't need to be involved in hiring general managers. It's not his forte. And I and hopefully, I think we all would agree, at least at this point, that he is on track of getting his la- the the one hire that he had to make uh, correct. But Kevin, that's your job now. Yeah. Well. Okay. I just want to point that out. I think I I, te- I think I tend to agree with you, Karma. I, I, it's just interesting because that's not what the structure was when they hired him. But there also yeah. could have certainly been a, hey, look, Ted's retiring in a year. We haven't told everybody this, but it's coming, and you know the optics aren't great. So you're going to report to me until we get the new CEO, and then that's going to probably change. Just so you know, up I hope that's what they told him. I hope that's what they told Ryan Poles when they hired him. Yeah, Ryan Paul just got to go do his job. It, it should, you know, I mean, if, if if he goes out and has a great off season, like we're all hoping he does, he doesn't need to worry about who he's reporting to. I mean, they'll they'll be saying, "Dude, thank you," and here's a raise uh, when your contract's up, and keep keep doing what right. you're doing, and we appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, all right, uh, what, I just just to just to recap me for no one else, did, would you guys was it a big celebration with the news, or did you to go more tempered? I think I think people are I, the only reason it's tempered is because we kind of knew this two weeks ago. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think if it had been like come out of nowhere and it was just dropped, I think it would have been, whoa, this is huge. What a move. And that's kind of what it was a couple of weeks ago when we first talked about it. But um, it is good that it's done. And um, I think people are happy about it. And they should be. It's it's a signal that the Bears are moving in the right de- right direction from a business standpoint. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't freak out like when we, we got the number one pick. If that's what you're asking, <laughs> you, you, you shriek like a little girl. We we really should save that though. The the one that Casey put together with the <laughs> balloons and the confetti and the celebration times. Like we should have that ready for like every celebration. Like whenever there's <laughs> whenever there's good Bears news, we just tweet that out. Or every time I use sources from the chat or Twitter. <laughs> That too. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I, I would go deep into the weeds and breaking that video down. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Starting the non-music to... one, though, so we don't get hit. <laughs> well, right, but just Carm's first reaction was to shove you. You jumped <laughs> up, and he's just like pushing you. I mean, if then... we really, if we do really break it down, I think Carm was like finding my energy there like because you know i'm getting crazy intense 
So he's trying to meet me up at this level. So you can see it on his face. You know, he's like excited that I'm excited. I, I just wanted to latch on to your energy. It's, it's, it's kind of really how I spend most of my days, honestly, just, try, just trying to bring more of your brick juice spirit into my life. Well, and then that's the thing. I don't know why Corey goes, points at the brick juice and goes, brick juice. And then and then Braggs just starts yelling brick juice, which is my favorite and part. And the look of the on Corey's face after yeah. I yell yeah. brick juice is classic. That's my and favorite then, part of the whole thing. And then Carm grabs the balloon and I for unknown reasons decides to climb over the chair with the balloon. There's just a lot of things that I, I can't really explain happened there. And then I didn't even notice it at first, but Braggs was doing definitely illegal things to the blow up bear behind. <laughs> Guys, are we talking about this one? Is this the one we're talking about? Yes. Oh, should yeah. we hit play on it? Let's uh, take a play here. Yeah, let's have some fun. Why not? Uh, I think this well, is it. Yes, it's it. Oh, God. What's happening? The, oh, boy. What's going on? I'm getting the circle. Come circle on, Elon. Death. Figure it out, Elon. E we are loading the video right now. Loading the video for adult listeners. It all comes back to Elon. It's definitely Elon's fault. Yeah, he's right. uh, well. Good today. try, Lawrence. I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh boy! There we go. Oh, Here we oh, go. Oh, oh! So they're watching a two-point conversion. <laughs> he starts pushing them. Big <laughs> <Pick> juice. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's terrified right here as I approach him. <laughs> and then what's going on with the bear in the background? Car, we almost car, we almost saw some things that we didn't need to see. We that was way too uncomfortable for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. That right. is great. And by the way, the only reason I'm not jumping up and down is because the show started. <laughs> and someone had to be talking. So I was also scared, if I'm being honest. It was fun. All right, guys. We should get out of here, Carm. Thanks for jumping on. Don't all right, guys. Appreciate you getting me in here on the back end. Thanks don't, for don't lose to any teenagers in tennis today. Oh, the, the the star of this thing is a 57 year old named Ravi, who is just this guy is a force and a half, and I hate him. Um, <laughs> so so I, now I'm worried that you're just not coming back. You're retiring down to Florida to play tennis. This this guy Ravi's been here for six weeks. I don't know how he made his money or what he does. I'm like, how long have you been here? I really, you know, one day, two days. I just got here. Six weeks. Okay. <laughs> is it okay. like an ongoing tennis camp that just continues? Yes, they do. Five hours a day. I'm like, I do two days on, one day off. Two days on, one day off. Five hours, man. Like three hours this morning. I am, I am exhausted, and I'm going back in 30 minutes for the afternoon. All right. Uh, so, bye. Good luck, you. Mark Carmen yeah. at the. See you guys Carmen. next week. All right, guys. Uh, good stuff today. Appreciate everybody jumping on early with the big Kevin Warren news, and um, as we sorted it all out. Thanks to Adam Rittenberg for joining the show today. Good job by Nick getting him. And uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano, at G Braggs Jr. 23. Coverage up at allchgo.com. Make sure you check all that out. And we'll continue to push out news, videos, all types of content as it unfolds. And uh, otherwise, tomorrow is a Audible Will and Nick Friday. Get used to those coming your way on Fridays. 
throughout the offseason. And they'll be here at noon tomorrow to keep the week's worth of news going. Guys, good job today. Appreciate it. Um, everything's at allchshow.com. Become a diehard. Oh, I know what I was supposed to announce, and I forgot off the top because of all the news. Mm. Uh, the next happy hour, next CHGO diehard happy hour is going to be Wednesday. Next Wednesday uh, at 8 o'clock. We do it on Zoom. It's a virtual happy hour, and it's for diehards only. So if you want to come be a part of that, it's a lot of fun. It's very informal. It's not like a show. We just hang out with you guys. We answer questions. We talk about whatever. And uh, considering that press conference is going to be Tuesday, there should be plenty to talk about Bears-wise. Otherwise, we'll talk about playoffs. Whatever people want to talk about, it's your forum. And we just grab a drink and we hang out. It's a lot of fun. That's coming next Wednesday. Uh, at eight o'clock and uh, you know, a number of us will be in there to hang out with you. So make sure you jump on, become a diehard and, and hang out with us next week. We'll have more information too, as we get closer. All right, guys. Uh, tomorrow, Friday noon, Will and Nick, we'll talk to you then. See ya.